Hello everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of our Deeply Rooted Faith podcast and welcome to our new listeners. My name is Marge and I'm just so excited to have you guys here with me. We simply exist to glorify the name of Jesus Christ and spread the gospel. So join us as we journey through what it actually means to be deeply rooted in him. joining us for another episode of the Deeply Rooted Faith podcast, Talks with Jesus. I'd like to say welcome, welcome, welcome. It is a pleasure to have you guys here listening to our very first episode of the year. Um, I am praying that the Lord shows up for you um, for you this year, just as he did last year. I won't be before you long, um, but I pray that this episode uh, blesses you as it did me. I believe in order for us to move into a place of maturity in God, we must allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts continuously. Before we get into the word, let's quiet our minds and our souls before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit not to only search our hearts, but to reveal his heart to us. Hi, Jesus. It's me again. I know it's been a while since I've sat here to record an episode, but I come before you today um, as your every day as your daughter And I ask for you to search my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way to everlasting. Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. Speak through me. Without you, these words are ineffective, but with you, Jesus, they are enforced with power. So let your word take root in the hearts of your people. Let it change lives by the power of your Holy Spirit. And as I always say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, my absolute everything. So to be quite honest with you guys, I am both excited and nervous to bring forward this word that has been literally bringing my spirit for the past nine months. I believe that um, that sometimes like the most extraordinary moments um, in our lives can happen during like the most ordinary task. This episode was planted on my in my mind during a simple store run. It's both convicting and encouraging, and I really can't wait to share it with you guys because there's so many different perspectives that the Lord revealed. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that sometimes process everything all at once. I notice a lot, I feel a lot without seeing a lot. With me, um, with me being this way, um, God will sometimes center my focus on a particular thing to the point where that thing consumes me. So while waiting in line um, to be checked out, my brain took notice of this customer's artwork, which read, I will walk by faith even when I cannot see. I knew that the Lord was um, wanted my attention because of how my brain had filtered out everything um, around me, but the wall piece. As I'm standing there, reflecting on what faith is comprised of, the Holy Spirit whispered, Walking by faith is not some trendy saying, Marge, but to some, their faith has been reduced to such. Can can I be completely honest with you guys? I was completely unraveled. The reason being is um, that though this scripture is widely popular, it it is not lived out. For many of us, our faith is confined to mere words. 
We say it, but the question remains, do we really believe it? Can our lives be a testament of our faith? Family, I believe the God in us, the God among us, the God with us is here to remind us of his character. As you listen to this episode, I want you to ponder on this question. Does my faith really consist of persistent hope in Jesus? Persistent hope meaning um, trusting him, even when things are difficult. The Holy Spirit has a message for us today, and it lies within the story of Abel and Cain. Our plan for today is to look into the components of faith through the lens of those who walked with God in steadfast belief, as well as the disposition of Abel's and Cain's heart towards God in concordance to their faith. So in these next few moments, I will try to elucidate um, these verses to the best of my ability as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance. We're going to be coming out of the book um, of Hebrews, to be exact. Um, it's Hebrews 11.4 and also in Genesis 4. We'll be reading out of the ESV translation and it reads, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. We're going to repeat the sentence. And this time, I want you to say it with me because it carries immense significance. Through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, we thank you for the word that has gone forth. Let your word bring light. Let it impart life. We create an atmosphere for you to move by the power of your Holy Spirit. May our eyes be enlightened. Speak to us. Let your word do exactly what it was intended to do. There is, there is so much to unpack here in these verses. This chapter highlights some of the greatest pioneers of the faith. The word faith in Hebrew is the word aman, meaning to make firm, to stand firm, to be enduring, to trust, to believe. This recurring phrase by, by faith is noted over 11 times in this chapter. Surely we're not being told of these great stories just because I believe the Holy Spirit has something to say to us. This message is threefold. It challenges us to test our faith, ensuring it's firm foundation it encourages us to delve into the depths of our beliefs recognizing that every component of our faith is wrapped up in the word the person of jesus and moreover it admonishes us to take heed of our heart's disposition towards the things of god but before we dive in i believe it's extremely imperative for us to look at the um, backstory of abel and cain to comprehend this contextually because I believe um, learning from the stories of the past is a powerful way to gain wisdom and insight because the word declares that no, there's no new thing under the sun. So the backstory is that Abel and Cain were the offspring of Adam and Eve, right? The story is found in Genesis 4. So if you want, you can note this passage of scripture and go back to it later if you'd like. So the condensed version is that Abel and Cain were Adam and Eve's offspring. Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. Both were asked by God to present a sacrifice. Cain brought of the foot of the ground and as an offering to God, whereas Abel brought, brought 
of the firstborn of his flock in their fat portions. God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's. Surely the thought occurred to you, right? Why, why did God accept Abel's sacrifice yet rejected Cain's? I'm glad you asked that question because it warrants our attention. In Hebrew, the word sacrifice is described as carbon, carbon or shavak, meaning to come near and to draw close to what we value most. This Hebrew terms, term signifies the act of giving up what's closest to our heart in order to forge a connection with God or another deity. Could it be that what God was revealing then and is currently revealing now is that our heart posture, our attitude and behaviors can become a contributing factor to our destructiveness? Could it be that what God, could it be that God did not look favorably upon Cain's offering because it didn't cost him anything? Or one can say his offering was of, real, of no real value. It wasn't that, you know, there were, um, there were anything wrong with the fruit of the ground. The difference was in the language. Cain did not give God his first or his best. As I was meditating on this, I couldn't help but think, right, that Cain's demeanor was apathetic. Like his careless attitude towards the things of God really exposed his heart. Could it be that God precisely told them what he wanted, gave them specific instructions as to what he classified as favorable, yet Cain decided to do what he deemed right in his own eyes? What is the context of this verse here? You may be asking, how does this even apply to us? Well, how many times have we postured ourselves like Cain unconsciously? What I mean by that is we want God to look favorably upon us, yet we refuse to give him our best. We want God to look favorably upon us, yet we refuse to have a repented heart. We want God to look favorably upon us, yet we refuse to be holy and righteous. We want God to look favorably upon us, yet we refuse to give him the praise and worship that's due to him. We want God to look favorably upon us, yet we refuse to sacrifice the very thing that he's asking us to lay down. It's evident that Cain valued his crops more than God. Friend, our offering, our giving, is an act of worship. Worshiping God by giving him our best reveals our heart's desires that we favor him above all. Our sacrifice is a testament of our commitment to the Lord. The value in which we uphold his word determines the foundation of our faith. So to put it simply, we can't come to God any old way and think that he's going to receive us. The Bible says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart that, will, that he will not despise. And it is said that a contrite heart or spirit is literally when a person's inner man or will has been broken so that they can no longer run, at, run after the things they want but surrender to the things that God wants. There is a significant lesson here. It's so important for us to see what God said to Cain because I believe it's a teachable moment for us all. In Genesis 4-7, 
the Lord tells Cain, why are you so angry? And why, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, meaning believe in me and do what is acceptable and pleasing to me, will you not be accepted? This part really moved me and this is why. It showed me that from the depths of time to the present, that God's love remains remain steadfast. It's always been consistent, always guiding us towards redemption and offering forgiveness to our sins. Family, God is always inviting grace into our story. The word acceptable means meeting, meeting only the minimum requirements, barely adequate, which means that Cain didn't even meet the minimum requirements that was required of him. How does this apply to us? The way that the Holy Spirit showed it to me, it's like when we go to the house of God and it's time to worship, right? Though we though we're physically there, our hearts aren't aligned. Unless the worship unless the worship team is playing our favorite songs. We refuse to lift up our hands and give God what is due to him. So it was with Cain. Cain worshiped self. It's kind of like, I'll take my portion first and then I'll give you what's left. Just think about that. Then the worst part, that he proceeded to get angry when God rejected his offering. Imagine that. The truth of the matter is, we cannot be upset when we do not look favorable to God because we're reluctant to give him our best. How, how many of us are walking around not even meeting the minimum requirements that God is asking of us, yet we become jealous of others whose lives are laid out before him? We become jealous of others whose lives God has blessed due to their obedience. I believe just as God challenged Cain to do better, he is also challenging us. It's not that Cain didn't know or experience God. He just chose to do things his own way. He chose his own will over God's. I believe this serves as a gentle reminder for us all to pause, reflect, and redirect. Family, we still have an opportunity to turn our lives around. We still have an opportunity to get it right. But we must be willing to ask God for help. We must be willing to ask him for guidance. How disheartening it is to God, right? That many of us know God. We know his heart. We hear his voice. We know his instructions. Yes, yet we choose to do things our own way. My heart began to grieve because I've been guilty of this. So what this showed me is that whenever we choose to be disobedient to God, we are not only choosing our will over his, but we're also forfeiting the shelter of his wings and running into the enemy's will or plan for our lives. Could it be that God is revealing to us some of the characteristics that ultimately lead to death by using the story of Cain to steer us in the path of righteousness? For there is a way that seems right to man that leads to death? Could it be that God wants to remind us of the consequences of self-will in the pitfalls of idolatry? It appears like 
Cain and Lucifer shared similar characteristics. So let me prove it to you, right? Both were idolaters, both were selfish, both were envious, carving their own path to their destiny. I don't know about you, but this further solidified to me that Cain was operating under the spirit of Satan. The Bible says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and Cain did just that. You see, death cannot come to the obedient children of God. We see that with Abel. The Bible states that though Abel died, his blood still speaks. So when we zoom out and consider the bigger picture here, it shows that our faith in God has the ability to transcend from our now and prophesy over our future eternity, which is if anyone keeps his word, he will never see death. Friend, there is a level of faith that does not see death. This blew my mind when the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. The, the way that I saw it, right? It was kind of like a block diagram with um, functional subdivisions where the first block is the who. Within the who is the word, which is the word that became that became flesh that dwelt among us, meaning Jesus himself. The subdivision block right after um, that was the word faith. And within faith were the words obedience, surrender, and sacrifice. And this is how all this is how it all interconnects. So if faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, then the word must first permeate through our stony hearts. So as the word permeates, right, it activates faith. And as faith gets activated, it produces obedience. And, ob and obedience is what produces surrender. So could it be as we as we look at this? Right? Could it be that God wants us to model the characteristics of those who had substantial faith? The word says um, that by faith Abraham obeyed, by faith Enoch was taken up, by faith Sarah herself received power to receive, by faith with reverence for God's word Noah constructed an ark, by faith Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. So the faithful in Hebrews 11 were commended for their initial faith, that which may have brought them to salvation. Rather, their ongoing act of believing in God's word. So when we look at it, right, they stood from in their faith. They endured, or one can say they persevered in spite of difficulties, obstacles, or discouragement. They remained persistent in their purpose. They trusted and believed God, even when their physical eyes could not see what God told them. Family, they believed. Their assurance was in the word, which is Jesus. And Jesus is calling us into a place that we know, that we know, that we know, that with full assurance, that his word will never fall to the ground, that he will do exactly what he said he would do. So let your faith arise, knowing that you are secured in him for the now and for eternity.
well guys this concludes our episode for today um this word really had me take a hard assessment of myself especially in the places where i've been disobedient if i am to be honest um i'm not it's something i struggle with like i'm not always um obedient i'm not i don't always do things when god tells me to do them um i half obey which is still disobedience but i'm so grateful to the lord i'm so grateful for his mercy his grace um i'm grateful for these moments of spiritual guidance where the lord instills hope he instructs us you know just in our righteous living or how we ought to do a thing he really really is a good father but before we end this segment i really just want to thank the lord um and just say a quick prayer jesus i want to take this moment to say thank you for your presence that has gone before me like a shield Jesus, we repent for our disobedience. We repent for our, for our excuses. We repent for not trusting and believing in your word more. We repent for our little faith. We repent for doubting the very words in which you have spoken over our lives. We establish your plans over our lives, over that of the enemy. We partner with your plans for your people. We partner with your plans for the nations. May we be living verbs in Christ Teach us to walk with you like Enoch walked with you. Teach us to believe in you like Abraham believed in you. Teach, teach us to reverence your word like Noah reverenced your word. Let us be quick to obey when you speak. Instill in us the type of faith that will remain steadfast in all things and that will not be moved to the left nor to the right, but will have full assurance in your impenetrable word. We ask these things, Jesus because we know that you hear us and that you love us and that you only want the very best for us. Well, thank you guys for rocking with Jesus and I. You guys are awesome. Um, I'll see you guys next time.